electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Paramount's earnings are in focus this morning, showing some progress in streaming, putting the pressure on Disney now to deliver tomorrow. Our Julia Borston has a wrap on the streamers today for Tech Check. Hey, Julia. Hey, Carl, that's right. Paramount shares were higher, now they're lower despite beating expectations and showing progress towards profitability of the media giant's streaming business. Now, Paramount Plus losses declining from the prior quarter, coming in much lower than anticipated, while streaming revenue beat expectations. There are a couple of key things here that position Paramount for more streaming progress. The company hopes to increase its average revenue per user by more than 20 percent. CEO Bob Backish says he sees potential in partnering with other media companies to bundle their streaming services. He also said that the strikes will significantly boost free cash flow, even more than anticipated. Now, Paramount's beat raises the bar for Disney. In the past year, Disney shares have underperformed Netflix, Comcast and Warner Brothers Discovery. Now, for Disney, they're facing some industry-wide challenges in ad contraction, pressure to cut streaming costs, as well as, of course, the challenges of a strike. But Disney also has its own particular problems that could have an impact this quarter, including disappointing performance of some big franchise films, reported attendance issues at the Florida parks, and Disney also warned that its direct-to-consumer operating losses would widen by $100 million quarter over quarter. Now, of course, that's in contrast to its rivals, whose streaming losses are shrinking. There are a number of looming questions for CEO Bob Iger on the earnings call tomorrow afternoon. The outlook for Disney Plus as it folds in Hulu content and its plans to buy out Comcast's Hulu stake, plus the question about the plans to sell less valuable uh, the plans um, to, to sell the last valuable streaming subscription business of Hotstar in India, and also this whole question of ESPN, how they're going to be taking it direct to consumer and even potentially sell Disney's linear TV business of ABC, etc. Now, there is one other thing here. There was a report out this morning that Disney has created a task force to study artificial intelligence and how it can be applied across the company. This could ignite more AI fears among striking writers and actors. We'll see if Bob Iger weighs in on that. Carl? I was just going to say, uh, uh, Julia, by the way, Deutsche I see cut Disney to 120 today. It doesn't sound like that writers meeting uh, with the streamers on Friday uh, bore much fruit uh, whatsoever. Yeah, there was a lot of optimism going into it. And then all that optimism, I think, forced a little bit of a pushback um, from the Writers Guild saying, hey, let's be careful here. Um, you know, they, they communicated with the Guild members that this deal was far from done. So no signs of progress this week, at least, and a lot of concerns that it's going to start to really impact um, not just what the TV schedule looks like, but potentially we'll see more films be delayed if the studios are afraid that they will really suffer if they don't have um, the 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 stars of those films or um, or even sort of the full support of the industry as to do promotion for them. All right, the $53 billion CHIPS Act signed into law a year ago tomorrow aimed to jumpstart 
the production of leading-edge semiconductor manufacturing in America. But today, manufacturers are still waiting on much of the funding. Christina Partsinevelis now with a progress report. Christina. Well, we're celebrating almost one year, and construction sites like this one have popped up across the United States. But like you mentioned, there has been no government aid dispersed just yet. Wolfspeed, which is a silicon carbide producer, has created this facility here in North Carolina, even though they have not received any federal dollars. I spoke to CEO Greg Lowe, and he told me they're spending as much on all of this as they get in revenues on an annual basis. Listen in. Our CapEx as a percent of revenue is about 100 percent. And so obviously getting government support to build this technology is going to be really important. Other companies, though, are not in the same position. They've had to put their plans on hold because they haven't received government aid. Listen in. There is no commercially viable way to do this project without support, which is why the CHIPS Act was passed in the first place. This CHIPS Act consists of $53 billion, which is going to be dispersed in tranches over the next five years. The earliest that companies will see money is at the end of this year. Listen in. You know, we're, we're, I'm pushing the team to go fast, but even more important to get it right. So the Commerce Department clearly has their work cut out for them. They rushed. They hired 140 staff members. They got to go through 400 statements of interest, which is really just the beginning stages of the application process, which means all of these companies will still have to wait for those funds. Why the holdup? Why is it taking so long uh, from the standpoint of the of the companies? I think this is uh, me editorializing. I think they maybe underestimated how many companies would actually come forward, not just domestic, but international firms like TSMC, Samsung. So you have all of these applications. They have to follow the stipulations, provide child care, hire a certain number of workers, uh, you know, no buybacks, engage in some type of profit sharing at a certain threshold. So because of all of that, it's just created a lot more work, hence why they've had to hire over 100 new staff members. I was going to joke that the government doesn't even spend the money at this point because they've already, you know, they, but I mean, they do. I mean, at some point they're going to need to see it come through. But it reminds me like when the Fed announced its, uh, its like corporate bond facility. I don't think they ever had to buy a bond. Just the, their backstop was enough to, you know, stabilize the market. Well, that's the argument a lot of these companies will make, too. Well, they'll say, hey, look at the economy that's being built around this. This is a massive, massive facility. There's going to be restaurants that are eventually going to open up in the near region, and it's going to help the local economies. But there does need to be some type of kickstart for some of these smaller firms like Integra, like Skywater, that can't afford to do it themselves because this yeah. ain't cheap. This no. is what, nine football fields, nine football fields. It's massive. That It is fun to go see it and just get a sense of the size yeah. and scale of these projects. Christina, do that kickstart move again, will you? I don't know why I did that again. I have an awkward kickstart. <laughs> I loved it. I have it. no idea why I do Come something. Come on, yeah, there you I, go. I don't know. I'm sorry, right. guys. Giving it a kickstart. Let's kickstart to yeah. the commercial. All right, Christina Partsinevelis, thanks very much. Be safe down there. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.